<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, it's us again. <laughs> Guess who's back? We're back here. again. Joes are back. Tell a friend. Or it's, subscribe. It's Thursday. Or hit follow. It's Thursday. Or leave a voice message. All right, it's Thursday. All right. <laughs> We're here to recap some fights. Yeah. <laughs> Dominic Lee, how you I, doing? Woo, there's just, you know, this is just a star-studded week. A lot of content going out. <laughs> yeah. Lots of talking, lots of chit-chat, lots of research, lots of studying. I'm doing really well. How about yourself? Good. We've hit the. We were over to halfway point now. Yeah. We're in episode four on our six episodes in ten days. Yeah. Little extravaganza. Yeah. This is our version of a podcast. Hamzat Chemaev. Mm. Or yeah. Kevin Holland. Or Kevin Holland. Nice. So, put it into perspective for you. Yeah. Um, doing well. Was glad I could watch the majority of these fights today at work. I should say I watched all of them, but. As far as paying very close, close attention. attention, you know, yeah. like I like to do, I like to really get in there deep Break it in down. these fights, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, couple of those, eh, you're, mm-hmm. you might have to carry me a little bit, but that's okay. Um, it just it, sometimes it's nice to just change it up, have some fights early in the morning. It's, Man, it's, I tell you what, <laughs> it's so interesting, isn't it? It's been a day. I woke up at like eight forty. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, there's fights on in twenty minutes, and then I. Proceeded to watch fights until 3 p.m. You're an early bird, aren't you? I was today. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like I said in just a second ago, uh, today we're recapping hashtag UFC Fight Island 8, headlined by a dominant performance by Michael Chiesa yeah. over Neil Magny. Chiesa has officially arrived, gotten the monkey off his back a mm-hmm. little bit. Yep. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then we have we have seven fights. Yeah, they threw an over. extra one on us this morning. So uh, seven fights. There are fourteen total today, uh, prelims and main card combined. So we kind of got a lot to go over here. Yeah, and truthfully, I'm assuming that that seventh fight was strictly due to the fact that they just couldn't fit it into that yeah. three hour block for the prelims. There were supposed to be eight prelim fights, but I'm pretty sure. Only one prelim ended in a finish. So two, I, actually. Two ended in a finish. The so first means, and the last. Yeah. So a lot of decisions, therefore they just bumped us another one on the oh, main Oh, wait. Part. No, that's a lie. Three of them. Three finishes. Yeah. Okay. Umar and Namagamadov also got a finish. So. Oh, yes, he did. I forgot about that. Yeah, obviously, um, if you guys listened to Tuesday's episode, we were very happy with that one. Yes. Uh, so please check it out if you haven't. However, we mentioned not having any news on that episode due to how close... It was to Monday when we really had a lot of news. And, well... Same goes for this one. Yeah, so, so maybe for the 257. Um, I guess if there is news, we just... The broadcast officially announced yeah. Usman versus Burns for UFC 258. And um, Hamzat Chimaev yeah, versus Leon. Leon Edwards for March 13th. Yeah. Those are both... I think we just talked about them. Yeah. So I'm uh, not going to really go into any more detail, but... The, the UFC themselves yeah have, for have, what it's worth have recognized it on the broadcast so that was nice but uh yeah overall before we kind of just get fight by fight here Dom what were your thoughts overall on this card like what um anything thought, any standouts from the prelims 
Standouts from the prelims are U- Umar Nurmagomedov, one hundred percent. Actually, scary good. Yeah, and his, then a, a Nurmagomedov was striking. Yeah, and Habib, by the way, in his corner, which is you know that's always cool to see. Mm-hmm. It was nine years to the day since Habib made his UFC debut. Funny enough, oh. both fights ending via rear naked choke. Nice. So that was really cool. But Umar does have some striking on him, I must say. Those uh, question mark kicks yeah. were so fast. He's got some flexible knees. My shit would pop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fight of the night, according to the UFC, was Mike Davis, Mason Jones. Yes, that was the other one. I was blanking on their names. That was an incredible three-round war back and forth. Mason Jones, undefeated prospect coming out of Wales, was 10-0. and Mike Davis, really good stand-up fighter, really good boxer. They went at it. That was... By far, if you're talking prelims and main card, the fight of the whole night. That's obviously what the official award was. We give our own for the main card, but we'll do that later. Yeah. But yeah, um, that was the other takeaway. Yeah, and I do want to give a couple shout-outs to guys I mentioned in the preview episode. So, Sue Mataraji had a big unanimous decision He looked win. really good. Yeah, I really like him. And Ricky Simone getting an arm triangle choke <sighs> submission. He kicked ass, dude. Yeah. His wrestling. Woo! Yeah, he's good, man. I mean, I definitely think his opponent, Perillo, was a bit probably below where he should be fighting at this it's point. It's odd seeing Simone fight guys like that. Not not that he's a bad fighter, Perillo, but Ricky Simone's been in there with some tough dudes. He, he was just fighting Uriah Faber yeah, not man. too long ago, and I know he got beat pretty easily there, but still, like, I don't know. That's Ray Borg, another one he fought yeah. over the summer. Like, you know, Perillo might end up being a great fighter, but it just seemed like a, a big step Levels. down. Yeah. Um, but then I guess we'll just go ahead and get into this main card here. So since we had seven fights, this first one here, we didn't even get the preview. Yeah, we did not. We had a top 15 middleweight. This, this, was, a, this was some of the bigger names of the whole card was actually yeah. right here. So we had Omariok Madoff getting the arm triangle choke submission over Tom Brees a minute 41 seconds into the second round. What were your thoughts here? I mean, Omari started out really strong with a takedown and ground and pound, as we're used to seeing out of him. Tom Brees did bounce back at the end of that first round and uh, managed to even try and get some submission attempts. Looked good, so it was a fun first round. And then in the second round, Tom Brees, who's known as a striker, by the way, out of like the UK, he actually had Omari locked into a calf slicer, which you don't see those very often. But Omari quickly escaped that, literally went straight into mount and locked in the arm triangle and... That was all she wrote. It was an odd stoppage. I don't know if you got to kind of see this. But it looked like at a certain point Tom was out cold. But then he started moving his hand again. And then he actually just tapped. So kudos to the ref for really just paying attention, making sure no one got seriously hurt or anything. Because Brees never did go out, but it looked like he was out. Mm -hmm. So any chance he may have had to fight out of that, the ref let it go. Shout out to the ref for that. But, yeah, Omari locked that in and. That was two arm triangles tonight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, back. What you're gonna notice some of these uh, early fights on this main card, I didn't get to pay too close attention to. What I saw of this one, I thought Amari. I appreciated his. Uh, he looked like he was um, more aggressive. He was um, from coming what we're off used to see. coming off that Chris Weidman fight, where uh, I thought, uh, yeah, the less said about that fight, the better. But yeah. probably the biggest takeaway from it on his part being just how passive he looked. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he lost, now he comes in here and he just looked super aggressive. He's still a really good grappler, really good yeah. fighter, man. He's yeah, great. He, Thirteen. It was it was a really good performance from him. I mean, I did I saw the finish. 
Um, I didn't really, since I didn't have commentary on, I didn't really put yeah. it together like you, like how you just said with the finish. But a very slick arm triangle choke. He really transitioned into it very fast. Kind of reminded me of how Habib was doing his yeah. submission transitions at 254 over Gaethje. Um, really like to see that out of a guy that's so stout like Akhmadov. And, um, yeah, he keeps his spot here. I believe he's ranked 12th. 12th or 13th. Yeah. Um, so he keeps that spot, and he probably, with that win, he's going to get a top 15 next, Yeah, there's I would no say. reason to fight out of the rankings back-to-back. So I'm curious, do you have an opponent in mind for Omariak Madoff? Let's take a little look-see here. So who do we got? I mean, Brad Tavares is fighting this weekend yeah. uh, on the prelims. That would be fun. That would be kind of fun. Striker, grappler. We still have guys like Edmund who are looking for another fight, and they do you know, need to step down. You know, that would be... I actually... I like And that's that still a really more. good test for a guy like Edmund, in my opinion. It's a tough fight for him because Edmund's being so young, and so he's still... In a way, he's still kind of filling into his body. Yeah. While Akhmadov is a straight-up man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I would only be... There's a concern there about that um, strength disadvantage for me. Right. Not saying that... I mean, again, everybody's going to have an advantage and disadvantage in a fight. So I'm not saying you don't do that fight because of that. I'm just saying... Um, I think that that fight might actually be harder for Shabazian than we're thinking. Yeah, even, I mean... Even Ian Heinish, another guy... Who's, he's ranked 15th. Lined, he's getting ready to fight uh, Kelvin, isn't right. he? Right. And uh, if he wins there, you know, mm-hmm. that gets you in the top 10. Hell, if Kevin Gastelum loses. Yeah. Because at might, that point. He's that's, just going to keep going back. Yeah. So, so uh, he's got some options there. Um, yeah, even a fight like. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see him and Weidman again, obviously. They just fought. but yeah, He actually are, beat Ian Heinish. Via decision. Yeah, I, I I think I did know that. Yeah, December of nineteen. I mean, I assume that's how that's why he's in the spot he's in. Yeah. You know, and I you know I, I think I'll lean towards uh, Shabazian or Tavares. I, I like it. both of those, even if uh, yeah, Shab- and uh, Tavares is going to go going up against Antonio Carlos Jr. Saturday. So even if he were to beat Tavares, and he could fight. He was Amari, a former you know? top fifteen so, too. Yeah, so. any of those three guys makes sense. Yeah. And for Tom Brees, you know. Still a young prospect. Still a young prospect, and the fact that he was kind of at least trying to hang with Akhmadov on the ground, I think that'll actually do well for him in his development if he's willing to Mm -hmm. take it there and not be too scared of that. Yeah, overall I thought it was a pretty good fight. Yeah. Next up is what I'm going to say was fight of the night. Yeah, I agree. For the main card. For the main card. Lerone Murphy getting the unanimous decision win over Douglas Silva de Andrade. 29-28 29-28 on two judges' scorecards and 30-27. What were your thoughts here? This was just back and forth the whole time. The young gun versus the you know seasoned veteran. Round one was feeling out for the most part. Murphy landed the better shots, had him up 1-0. Round two was an incredible round, very back and forth. Andrade landed two takedowns, and I thought looked better on the feet uh, than he did in round one. I actually scored it for Andrade round two. Uh, so I have it 1-1 going in round three. And then round three was rinse and repeat from round two, except this time Murphy uh, looked a lot stronger. Both were just bringing the action to each other. Murphy actually landed a takedown uh, and finished the fight on top, which obviously sealed the deal for him in that third round, therefore scoring it 2-1 uh, to one on my scorecards. Same with two of the judges. And I will say uh, Larone's biggest weapon 
in this fight were the calf kicks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brutal. Andrade was just eating them, though, so kudos to him for surviving those, still bringing the heat, bringing the big shots. But, yeah, this was a really good fight, and it was a big test for Murphy with a lot of hype. Uh, he remains undefeated at 10-0. and So the fact that he passed this test, um, not necessarily with flying colors. There were, there were some... Some problems, some issues granted to him, but you want to see these young guys fight through that, and that's that's what he did. That's a stout opponent. A guy with triple the experience you have. He was 26 and 3 coming into that fight. So now he's 26 and 4. Lauren Murphy's 10 0 and 1. Triple the experience, and a guy who's always looked damn good, beat guys like Cheeto Vera in the past. Um, Andrade looked a lot better than I thought he would, I think. I think I. I mean, I didn't think he looked bad, but he didn't even look like... He still looked like he's gotten better. Right. Still looked like he's improving. I just think LaRue Murphy has a lot of promise, showed a lot of promise in this fight. Um, I did get to see this one pretty closely, and uh, that led me to picking it to be fight of the night, obviously, because it, it definitely was a good fight. Uh, LaRue Murphy, man, it just seemed like he was always one step ahead. Yeah. And I, I thought that maybe that... that uh. And I wasn't even. I'm not even so sure that it was due to his uh, youth or his, um, like, his speed or his uh, what's the word, athleticism. Right. I legitimately think he just he technique like technically speaking, he was just always one step ahead. He was yeah. a very, very smart game plan on his part, and um, yeah, sure they had some wild scraps in there, but. Um, Andrade always kind of lures guys into that kind of fight, and yep. for the most part, Murphy was able to stick to his guns, stick to his game plan. You look and good again. Executed it well. You want to see these prospects get tested. You don't just want to see them. I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, you just want to see them come in and dominate everyone. But it's not a bad thing that they get tested and come out with a win at the same time. You True. Know? Next up, flyweight Matt Schnell getting a split decision win over Tyson Nam. This fight was cool. 29-28, 28-29, and then 29-28. I'll just say, um, this fight was good. It was a good fight. It was a solid fight. Mm-hmm. Didn't really go how I thought it would. This fight was almost purely on the feet. It was a boxing match. Real crisp. And that, if you would have told me that going in, I would have said, yeah. surely Nam's going to get the upper hand here. This was truly the difference between... A guy winging power shots versus a guy trying to just... Precision versus power was right. kind of the, the story here. Yeah. And I was very impressed by Schnell in this fight. I, I was impressed by his boxing. Man, he looked good. Um, he Real looked crisp, good. Technical. Honestly, like, even though I... Uh, truthfully, I scored the fight for Tyson Nam. I'm yeah. just going to be honest. This is one of those fights... The first round was the only one I thought had a clear winner, mm. and that was Schnell. Two and three were very close in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember I just scored them both for Nam again. See, I take scored it, three it, for Nam. Take it with a grain of salt because yeah. it's not like I'm watching it as close as I normally would. But I wasn't too impressed with Nam in this fight, truthfully. I mean, your your competitive advantage here is your ability on the feet, and truthfully, there was some there was some holes in his striking for sure. He just uh, he was winging, winding up on his shots yeah. a lot, and I know that that's a common mistake in guys when they're um, I don't know how old Tyson Nam is, but I don't think he's young. Thirty-seven. Yeah, so he's not a young guy. You know, he's <laughs> he's past his prime, really. Oh, yeah. If you're talking about just age, and to see him still making those kind of mistakes at this point, and he's going up against a guy who's known for being primarily a submission specialist. Yeah. 
and he kind of was getting out. He was getting out boxed. He was getting pieced. Uh, it was really the volume and output from Schnell three, four, five punch combos outweighed the one to two power punches that Nam would throw. That's what it came down yeah. to in my book, and that's what ended up getting the job done. The only Schnell. reason I even scored it for Nam, I think, was just because it looked like to me from watching it that I go off of damage at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and it looked like in two rounds two and three, Nam's two shots were, more were damaging. hurting Schnell yeah. more than Schnell's five or six that he would throw at a time. And so maybe I shouldn't be as hard on Nam as I'm being right now, but it's just, I feel like you can work more with what Schnell showed than right. what Nam showed. Yeah, it was really fun. Schnell was just very crisp and technical. Not that Nam didn't look technical, mm-hmm. but like you said, he was just relying on the big power shots. A little sloppier than you'd like to see, but it was a fun fight. Nothing too crazy, no big moments, but it was that factor of you kind of waiting on the edge of your seat like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. Nam might land a shot and it could be over. So it was fun. Agreed. And I think I'd like to see Schnell with Kai. In my opinion, yeah. now Kai has a fight coming up with an unranked opponent. That's mm-hmm. actually soon, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I still think he's looking to move up the rankings. Obviously, I mean, he just fought back because Nam was ranked 13th. So I think him and Kai would be really well. Kai's about as well-rounded of a fighter as you can get in the flyweight division. And I don't think, based off of that performance, you can give him an opponent that much further up. I almost said Raw Dog, but I want to see Brandon fight Alex Perez. So. I'm going to stick with Kai Car France next for yeah. Schnell. And, you know, for a guy like Nam, who's now 37, there's still some guys he hasn't fought in this latter half of the back 15. Maybe he gets like a number 15 ranked Amir Albazi. He's got a fight coming up at 257. Maybe he fights a guy like Tim Elliott. Yeah. Just something like that, a little, not necessarily a huge step down, but obviously you can't fight up again if you just lost. Right. So. Agreed. Again, not that the numbers mean too much. Yeah. We I talk about a, rankings a lot. I thought so. it was a solid fight, though. Yeah. Yeah. Now into our women's flyweight fight. Mm. Vivian Arruyo getting the unanimous decision win over Roxanne Modafferi. I really like this Vivian. 30-27, 30-27, 30-26. Mm. This was as one-sided as as you'll see from at least against Roxanne. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we've... We, Modafferi again continues on her 50-50 Yep, uh, the, the pattern continues. Hey, I'm just saying... The next fight, st- statistically, she should win. Right. Based off of her Just UFC by performance. That alone. So. And uh, I, I would say that's probably the most dominant we've seen someone beat her in a long time. Yeah, you don't see that to Roxy very often. I was very impressed with Vivian here. She's, she is, she's good. She dude. hurt Roxanne quite a bit in this fight, and she just never let her foot off the gas, just continued pushing, trying to get that stop. But She's very good. But also very smart. You know, mm. She didn't leave herself open to too many shots. There was a couple times that maybe she would miss on like a power shot and stumble a little yep. bit or something. But I thought it was a very clean performance out of her. Roxanne, obviously happy warrior. She's got the heart of a warrior yeah, right there. Yeah, you hate to even see her get punched. Yeah, I mean, she was getting, she was getting beat up, but she kept coming. Um... Very happy to see, though, that uh, someone with so much promise like Vivian here is able to get a big win. And with that win, you got to think, like, she's knocking on the door of top five, right? Give me her and Calvillo. Mm, that's good. That's, that's good. It. That's yeah. the one. That is good. I, I like that. I like even the loser of, of I, I Calderwood. Calderwood. Yep. 
that's it. Those are it. Those are the options. Yeah. Either yeah. way, she's looking up in the rankings because she's gonna she's gonna flip flop here with Roxanne. She's gonna be number eight, and uh, then depending on what happens with I and Calderwood, she might bump up a little more in the rankings next Tuesday. It just depends. And but yeah. And for Roxanne, give me Alexa Grasso. Interesting. Yeah, definitely don't give her Taylor Santos because that would be a beat. Down. I'm saying Alexa because Alexa Grasso's debut at 125 was against a pretty. I think it was Ji Young Kim, and she was an unranked fighter. But they put Grasso into 15. She's always been kind of that prospect. Um, so give her a chance here. Give her that top 10. What I mean, what tougher opponent are you going to find when you come when it's like someone who's like a gatekeeper right. than Roxanne Modafferi? Yeah, that I mean that makes sense, um, especially because Grasso's getting ready to fight uh, Macy and Roxanne. Oh, that's just right. beat uh, I forgot, Macy. I forgot that fight. So. I'm saying that's an interesting kind of storyline. Yeah, I didn't do. Think, I didn't think about that because it's literally coming up uh, in. February, so the fights will could still line up for them two to fight each other. That could be next. Say Grasso beats uh, Macy, and then you know another one, maybe Alexis Davis, another older veteran of the game, nineteen and ten, but still with a number next to her name. Mm-hmm. She's also on a skid right now, and her most recent loss was to uh, Viviana. So either one of those two makes sense for Roxanne. I, I don't doubt we'll see her at least one more time in the UFC. Again, yeah. she's thirty eight. Win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. They can only keep you around so long. But people like to watch your fight, and for good reason. So. <laughs> then we had our uh, what we called our shit show fight. This was the one for us. Uh, light heavyweight action. Isaac goes by Ike, I guess. Yeah. Ike Villanueva getting that knockout over one punch. Vinicius Moreira, 39 seconds into the second round. Kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, it came out of nowhere. That's what I wrote on my thing. <laughs> OMG, out of nowhere. <laughs> it was like an RKO. One punch, his head twisted all the way back like the exorcist, and he just fell down like a sack of potatoes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Hurricane Ike. That's his uh, yeah. nickname. Yep. You know, he had a great post-fight interview. Uh, he's, you know, blue collar down there from Texas. Uh, Mexican heritage and really just... Talked a lot about hard work, dedication, how, you know, he's going back to his job on Monday when he gets back home to Texas. He trains with Derek Lewis uh, at that gym down oh, there. Really? So, uh, you know, good for him. He was 0-2. You know, UFC career probably on the line for both of these gentlemen, in my opinion, in this fight. And to come out and get a one-punch KO, man. And he won round one, in my opinion, as well. Shout out to Ike, man. And I, I just hope he gets a couple more cracks in the UFC because what a character. Love that post-fight interview and... If you got knockout power, he's yeah. now fifteen of fifteen. By one the way, in, one his and two in the UFC is at least we can work with that. Yeah, you, know, right. you got that monkey. You got the monkey off your back, like very. You got said, the win. You finally get that win in the UFC, so now you can you can start looking ahead. You don't have to be sitting there with your back against the wall necessarily. Yeah. You'll get one more for Morera though. That's yeah. zero and four. Yeah, I, they can only look at the I contender mean, series. Don't get me so wrong. Much. Look at uh, his the competition. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But this was the step back here. This mm-hmm. was Villanueva, a guy who also has had a tough, you know, a, a, an up and down career. Again, we said one of the O's has to go in this fight, <laughs> but in the opposite way. Yeah, true. And yeah, again, Moreira's chin just not seeming to be able to handle the the punch power of a lot of these elite fighters of the UFC. Yeah, I mean, all five of his losses now have came via finish. But for Ike, 
He's got 15 finishes now out of 18 wins, and all mm-hmm. 15 of those have been KOTKOs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very. And this is the only one that didn't happen in the first yeah, round. Very <laughs> impressive power, I will say. Oh yeah, one punch, beautiful knockout. Did they give out any uh, performance of the nights or KOs of the night, or just a fight? They of the gave night? performance of the night to, but it, the, he did not get one. Oh okay. Okay. Uh, one of them was to Umar Magomedov. And the other one's actually who we're going to talk about now. That's Perfect. a transition. And a shocker. A co-main event. Put some respect on his name, this right? Was, this was set up for Munir here. Warley yeah. Alves. <laughs> getting the TKO over Munir Lazez. Two minutes, 35 seconds of the very first round. He bull rushed him from the get-go. He bull, yeah, he kind of bullied him. Oh, yeah. You know, Munir was a guy who seemed incapable of being bullied against the much bigger much more explosive Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. But here, Alves just had the perfect game plan. Yeah, he did. The body work, the body kicks. Oh, brutal. That started the fight-ending sequence. Three back-to-back-to-back right to the liver. Yeah, something. Yeah, he he was done. He was done. He was done. My tummy hurt watching it. Yeah, Munir really just never had a chance to even... Do anything here. My goodness gracious. Talk about disappointing, like just a dis. This was what we predicted to be fight of the night. Yeah, it sucks for Munir, but man, for Warley, put some respect on his name. Again, this is one of the two men ever to beat Colby Covington. He's been in there with some really tough competition. Heck, he, you know, one fight away, maybe he gets a number. You know, it just depends. If I mean, that was a big hype train that he just shut down. All of his losses have been to guys with some semblance of credibility. Oh yeah, Brian Barberena, Kamaru Usman, James Krause, Randy Brown. Those are all guys that are. Those are all good fighters. Oh yeah, especially Usman. Obviously, of course, Usman being a step above, but like Randy Brown, that guy's borderline top fifteen. Yeah, you could say the same for James Krause even here soon. Barbarina's probably had a tougher go of it, but tough he, fight for anyone. But Barbarina nearly beat a guy like uh, I talked about the Vicente Luque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's now top ten? So he also lost to Randy Brown. So and Leon Edwards, Colby Covington, like those are Barbarina's good as well. Um, yeah, I think you could. I mean, you could maybe even give him a top fifteen of that. I probably wouldn't just. The losses before that yeah, just right. a little too close, but yeah, give him one more. He looked really good. I'm very, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what's next for him here. Yeah, that's very true. Because he, what he, he had a perfect game plan. Munir was not expecting the aggressiveness to come. No, I mean, it, as soon as they touch gloves, boom, he had Munir on the fence, never let off, and those kicks, oof, oh, just brutal. Yeah. Munir just folded. <clears throat> You can't do anything else. His body just shut down. Yeah, that's what happens with those liver kicks. If they hit you right in the right spot, you're just Sheesh. you can't. You're, inca- you're incapacitated. Great performance. Much deserved performance of the night. Mm-hmm. Right, so, yeah, that was. I think I said that right. That was the other performance of the night. Bonus right. was to Warley Alves. And now our main event. It was a big one. Michael Chiesa getting a unanimous decision win over Neil Magny, forty-nine forty-six on all three judges' scorecards. You know. Neil Magny uh, kind of disappointed me here. I'll just come right out and say it. I, I was a little disappointed by his performance here. Um, maybe I should just be more impressed with Kiesa. Kiesa, yeah. Kiesa what I said, really, I, my prediction for the fight is kind of what happened. I, it was going to be a lot of clinch. Yeah. I said if Kiesa's strength and his 
grappling is able to take get the upper hand, then it's going to be a lot of him on top. And, and that's what it was. Almost a, the whole 25 minutes. Yeah, was. I think out of a 25-minute fight, I don't know the <clears> final <throat> stats that came out, but when they showed a graphic, a graphic in the fifth round, it was nearing about 15 total, if not more, minutes of ground control yeah. by Chiesa, so... It was dominance, really. Yeah, it really it was. was. So all respect to Kiss of what I'm saying for Magni is, in 2020 we saw this other side, the Magni, where he he seemed to fight with a little more attitude, a little mm. more urgency. Neither of those were here. Yeah, he only had one moment really, and it was in the third round. And he still, in my opinion, managed to lose that round. But mm-hmm. they obviously that was the round the judges scored for him. Yeah. So I respect that. But uh, even still, like he, there were just some mistakes that you. Wouldn't think a guy like Magni would make. And again, this could be credited to the level of grappling and skill that Kiesa has as well. But uh, it sucked for Magni, man. This was that one where we thought, okay, we're, well, for both guys, we said it, right? This yeah. is their breakthrough. They always seem to get to this point, and then they lose. Right. Then they had to have this fight, of course, with each other. <laughs> Somebody's got to lose. And it was Magni in this yeah. situation. And it was very decisively, too, and... You know, Magny's got that 80-inch reach, but I, I said he likes to get in close and up close and personal yeah. with, with his guys. He likes to clinch, but pro- it seemed at first that he was trying not to do that. Mm-hmm. First round started, it looked like he was trying to keep a distance. Didn't really work out for him. It just, Kiesa just was on a different level. He this did time. look good. He never yeah. really got too tired. Nope. For the most part. He, he <clears throat> definitely was put through the ringer. I mean, it was a 25-minute yeah. fight, so anybody's going to get tired. Except for Max Holloway, clearly, on Saturday. But Kiesa yeah. looked good for 25 minutes, man. He didn't show too many weaknesses in terms of the grappling and the submissions. The, the transitions in this fight were beautiful to watch if you're a big fan of jiu-jitsu <laughs> and grappling. Uh, the striking is where Kiesa needs to be tested in this welterweight division. He's now 4-0. And for me, I'd do him and Wonderboy Thompson. That's the one I'm sticking with. I'm not even going to mention another one. I know there is a... Another one that kind of makes sense, but I'll let you kind of give your thoughts. But I think him and Wonderboy, Kiesa needs to be tested by a really good striker to prove he's really here to stay in this 170-pound division. There's nobody else to test uh, right now more than Wonderboy Thompson. Truthfully, Kiesa is an interesting in that he's in an awkward position mm-hmm. in this division. Big win, but it's over a guy ranked right below you, so you don't really move up unless, I mean, I guess you could. But he's number eight right now, and let's say that doesn't change. You would think, like, a win like that, you could try to get into that top five. Like you just said, Wonderboy Thompson. Um, I do not want to see that fight for Thompson. I think Thompson's deserving of someone above him. I definitely point. agree with that for sure. But However, there's only two guys that really... Are available. Yeah, and that could make sense, and that's Tyron Woodley and Damian Maya. I guess we should mention Kiesa called out Colby, by the way. Yeah, oh yeah, he called out Colby Covington. No, that's not happening. He shot a shot. I respect it, but yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, he Ke- even kind of said that he's in the post post yeah. presser. He's like, yeah, he's probably going to fight Jorge, and I get it. All power to him. That's a big fight. They'll probably do the Ultimate Fighter. But if you're looking for a fight, Colby, fight me. So I, you know, I respect it, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I do respect the call out, and um, I, I, I don't think he would. Uh, win that fight you know just thinking about it right now fresh fresh minded but I could see him giving at least Colby some trouble I think Kies is really good and I think their skill sets are very similar and yeah. how, but I just think Covington's another level 
I would say Kiesa versus Tyron Woodley. That's the one that Yeah, I figured that would be kind of the that, one. That's the one I've been leaning towards. Um, if Tyron Woodley is wanting to keep fighting, this is a step back from obviously his last three opponents have been the top three guys in the division. Yeah. So now you give him Michael Chiesa, who's number eight, you're number six. If you lose that, you're probably look you're probably just done. Yeah. But he keeps saying that he wants to keep fighting. So I think that's a good fight to give him. As for Neil Magny, um, Bilal. Sure, sure. I I wouldn't be opposed. Um, maybe even Jeff Neil. If literally, like I thought that, but I'm like, I'm so dead set on him and Vicente. I just don't even want to put anything yeah. else into the atmosphere. Yeah, obviously Neil already beat Jing Liang. I, yeah, and it's I'm, too close for a rematch. Yeah. That was one of his most recent wins. Yeah, so. it happened in 2020. So. Yeah. To me, I mean, you could do Neil or Luke, and I, I I agree with you though. I want to see Neil versus Luke, but yeah. Neil probably, yeah. I mean, really, there's not a, a whole see, lot that else. Put, this loss put Magni in a weird spot yeah. because he, he just could. beat Robbie. He's not going to fight Hamzat. He just beat Lee. So literally, it's like if you're going to fight another ranked guy, it's Luke or Neil. Yeah, and I did. I would like to think the UFC wants that fight too, but I mean, if if you really want to do it this way, if you put Kiesa against Woodley, you could do Neil Magny against Damian Maya. Yeah, you could. I mean, I they they, they don't always just go like oh, right. You don't have him. to go down necessarily. Yeah. And Damian Maya being a guy who hasn't fought in forever, it seems. But for like. all we know, they could bump Kiesa up. Yeah, like in front of Maya. So then you have you know? eight versus nine again. So. Yeah, I that would make a lot of sense in my opinion. We might see more of the same. From what we just saw today, if that fight happens. It's true. Yeah, there's no guarantee there. But yeah, but, man, I I want to see Magny bounce back. Gosh, I want to see him break through, you know? Will it ever happen? And Kiesa finally, I think, did today. We'll see who his next opponent is. But yeah. just in terms of getting that one win, that's going to really put you out there. At, on a main event, Kiesa came out on top, you know? Yeah. Overall, I thought this card was pretty decent. Um Given that it was a Wednesday card, can't, yeah, can't complain too in much. In our early right? afternoon for the main card, morning for the prelims, you, you take what you can get. I mean, yeah. just imagine that this was supposed to be headlined by Leon Edwards and yeah. Hamzat Chimaev. So, what? I wonder how much different that this card would have been as far as like the the amount of effort put in, the amount of like um, hype. I wonder if it, how much different it would have. It would have been big. That fight's going to be huge. Yeah, that's going to be a really big fight night come March. I agree. So with with what we had, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I sure. enjoyed it. Um, main event wasn't great, but I I didn't expect it to be like some wild brawl or anything. I thought it was going to be two guys in a big clinch fest for a while, and it ended up being one guy on. It ended up being Kiesa on top for most of it. But. You know, th- this card from top to bottom had a lot of seasoned veterans, a lot of ranked fighters, and a ton of new talent that we're going to be seeing for years to come. And those are the fun ones. And like we said when we previewed this, booyah. Mm -hmm. These are the ones that we like, the ones that we need to study more, the ones that we research more, because we just teach ourselves more for future episodes. We're going to remember some of these guys that we talked about. And then, of course, the Chiesa and Magni, the huge fights we're going to talk about, obviously, because we're going to see them fight bigger names. But just putting it all together, you can't ask for much more of a card if you want to see a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah. So it, it was fun, and again, like you said, on a Wednesday, main card started at noon. Shit. 
I was good. Hey, watching fights at work, I was, I'm not going to complain. I'm not asking for every Wednesday doing fight cards, but every other month. You can spray yeah. going in Why for not? me. Why not? Why not? But, uh, yeah, that is that is the end. We're closing the book oh, on hashtag UFC Fight Island 8 as oh, for boy. the rest of the week. I have goosebumps. Oh, boy. Tomorrow. Oh, so Friday. Oh, boy. All right, are you... So, as for the rest of the week, Friday, UFC 257, headlined by the rematch six years in the making, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Dustin Poirier. El Diamante. Co-main, Michael Chandler versus Dan Hooker. That's going to be a big one. I don't know if we're ready to do that yet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm yeah. literally not. Actually, I'm literally not not because I don't have any notes yet. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing when we're done recording. So that's coming Friday. Are they ready? Let us know. Leave us a voice <laughs> message. And then that Monday, oh. we're going to recap all the action that happens. Talk about what's next for some of these guys. And then uh, Wednesday. We're really talking about what's next for one in particular. The state of dot 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 Connor. McGregor. This may be one of our favorite series when it's all said and done, you know? I'm I'm very happy with what... We've only got done the one I know, so this will far, be part two. Uh, I, I like it, though. That is what's coming up. But until then, Dominic's Lee. Tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Twitter. Instagram. At B-A... Damn it. Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> at Lee 14 Podcast. Twitter. Instagram. At B-A-J... Underscore MMA podcast. Noah, take it away. I'm going to start taking my notes for UFC 257. <laughs> As for me, oh, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And <laughs> there's a couple links for the anchor page, baby. First, record a voice message. We want to hit this hard in 2021. Yeah, we do. If you have a thought about an upcoming fight, an upcoming news story, upcoming news story, <laughs> a news story, a fight's already happened. If you have an idea for a segment or anything, if you just want to say hi or tell us we're pieces of shit, do it there, baby. And <laughs> we've been recording a lot of episodes. <laughs> and there's another link if, if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. I'm sure they do after this. <laughs> Just provides them with a few dollars a month. All that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So, again, you can find all this on my bio. Baby. On Twitter or Instagram. Baby. At. Baby. N.T. Baby. Baker. <laughs> underscore. Baby. That baby's not in there. <laughs> But with that, we're out, and we'll see y'all on Friday.